Hey guys, welcome to the Youth Fitness Podcast. Topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin Family, the developers of the Brand X Method, and the Athlete Coach Network. Youth need great coaches now more than ever. Brand X has dedicated themselves to doing what is best for kids for over two decades and now offers mentoring, education, programming, and resources in one smart package to empower coaches to efficiently deliver world-class youth programs. Check out their plug and play options and join the Brand X family today. You plus Brand X equals youth program success. Welcome back, guys, to the Youth Fitness Podcast. This is a U18, under 18 minutes, uh, topics on youth fitness with a focus on doing what's best for kids. Today, we are going to be talking to you guys a little bit about loading improper patterns. And uh, this is actually one of of my most uh, favorite topics. I think a lot of times when we talk with coaches, they get kind of confused when it comes to, to loading movement with kids. Because they look at our progressions, our base build booth method, which you guys can find inside of our programs. They look at all those things, the the base build boost, the tiered movement systems, and how we have it so specific when it comes to movement patterns, loading movement patterns, and progression for kids for for perfect motor patterns and and movement patterns. They look at those and go, oh man, there's no way that I can load this 16-year-old. And that's simply not the case. When we talk about working on movement patterns and we talk about loading, uh, those two things don't have to go together. They could be done completely separate. And so that's what we want to talk about. Yes, yeah. it is. It's, it's really interesting because uh, I, I get this all the time. Like when people say, well, okay, you have your rookies platforms and you know, how do you keep these kids interested? How, you know, they come to the weightlifting class and you, you know, put a bar on their back and they're, and you're just Drilling the movement, drilling movement, drilling movement, and they and they're and they're bored. It's well, you know, we were never like that. Like they, we drill them, and then we have them push a prowler. We drill a movement. We have them do something like a farmer's carry. They were still walking away, lift, you know, feeling exhausted, you know, and they they and they pushed heavy heavy weight. We're just focused on the fact that if we get them moving correctly in the squat, now we can load that squat and have them up on the varsity platform lifting lifting heavy. But, yeah, and that's something that to do this. Something that we always did, right? Was we would have uh, kids working on their their movement patterns uh, on a platform called a back squat, a bench press, or a deadlift, and then we would pair it with movements that were non complex, that were just uh, you know pushing, dragging, carrying uh, loads to impact the CNS system in a in a similar manner, but we didn't negatively impact. Uh, the movement pattern that we were trying to uh, try to get, right? So let's say we're working on the back squat. Well, we can do like like my dad just mentioned, a heavy prowler push in between our sets of back squat. Now we might be squatting to a box that's high. It's above parallel, but we're focusing on getting our big toe down, our whole foot down, really gripping the ground, even weight distribution. We're focusing on a hinge, external rotation of the femur. We're focusing on a brace. All of those things are extremely complex. Now we can carry some of those things over to the prowler. That's a non-complex movement. Hey, I want you to take this prowler and every single set, you're going to add a plate to it until you can't push it anymore. 
The kid's not going to get injured pushing the prowler. We can still load them and go extremely heavy to a point where they feel like they got a good weightlifting uh-huh. workout in. And it's simply because of the prowler, whether it's a push or a drag, and we're simultaneously working on building good and proper movement patterns on the platform. Take a, take a whole step back. I think, you know, why don't we want to load those improper patterns? Well, you know, the first thing people could do is they go to, well, you know, injury can occur and certainly injury can occur. But I think more importantly, when we're talking about teens and we're talking about, you know, training teens, all of us as weightlifters, all of us people who have trained weightlifting for a time know what it's like to go, well, I've hit a plateau or I've hit a stopping point. I have to deload and correct something so I can move higher. And none of us like that. No. We all hate that. Think about being a, you know, an immature, not fully developed yet human, a 15-year-old, 16-year-old, and you're suddenly told, you know, you've worked up, you've loaded improper patterns, you get to, you know, 225 squat, you can't get any higher because the pattern won't. The, the movement won't support that, and now they have to deload. Mm. Um, it's it's uh, it's it's not just a problem of can they get hurt, but it's a problem for you as a coach and as a business owner because that becomes a, a point where the kid becomes unmotivated to keep coming. Like they're they're upset. So our our way of training and what we did and was not to load those things, teach them to move properly, honor the idea of motor learning and how a child learns, and then um, move kids up slowly. And what we got was consistency. Kids who came into our class when they were, you know, 12 years old, stayed till they were 18. That was what we, that's what we saw. And it was because, you know, kids made progress through this, throughout the, the whole thing, throughout the whole time in, on, in our program. And they didn't have to deload. They didn't have to to fix something when they were on the varsity platform. So, so that makes sense. You're um, not shying away from tension. No, you're shying away from improper patterns. Exactly. So right. if, if you can kind of think of it that way, <clears throat> put it in your head that it's not the tension that's the problem. It's the right. loading what before the the pattern is ready. Right. And it's honoring the idea of what it takes for a child to learn a new motor a pattern and, and motor learning. We were talking this morning about like a baby. Nobody would think it was proper. I, I want my baby to learn to run. So every time the baby pulls itself up onto the table, you shove it in the back and you're like, okay, run. Right. Right. That's, that's kind of the same idea. Here, put this bar in your back. And let's, put, let's, put, nice. let's, put, let's put weight in your back. You know, no, they have to, we, there are certain stages they have to go through, certain motor learning processes, as well as uh, motor, uh, motor, uh, just uh, motor patterns. But repetition. Yeah. And what we call movement skills. Yeah. There's certain things they have to learn to, to move well within the motor or movement pattern. And so we want to honor that. Yeah. Yeah. We're short changing them if we don't give them that because those are the things <clears throat> neurologically that get retained. Those things that are repeated and repeated often are those that the, the, neurological system that gets myelinated or those things that keep happening. Right. So those are the things we want them to retain. And, if we skip it, they don't get it. They don't retain it. It's not even there. So, I mean, it's, it's a building block that's missing. And it's a and, weird uh, thing to me <clears throat> to think about people sort of building a building without the blocks because they'll get there faster. And, and I mean, you, you, you said it best when you said we're not shying away from tension. And I think that's the biggest thing to, to remember as coaches is, you know, we're working on a movement pattern. Sure. Call it the squat, call it the deadlift, whatever it is that we're working on. We're working on that pattern. And that is at odds with, at this current time, building strength. And so you have to view it in that way, right? Yes, this is your strength class, but the strength itself is not being built 
on the deadlift. It's not being built on the squat. We're building repetition there and we're building solid patterns there, but then we're also building strength around two very specific portions of the body, which are the core and the hips. Right. Right. And if we, if we make really, really strong cores and we make really, really strong hips, that's going to carry itself over when the patterns are there to absolutely skyrocket the back squat, skyrocket the deadlift. And when those things go up, we all know strength goes up, right? Like it just happens cellularly. So focusing on strength about the hip, focusing on core strength through different movements. I'm sure you have a, a ton between sets. I think it's really might be good at this point to kind of talk about the difference in how we set kids up to learn to lift and then maybe revisit like some of the things we could do between the sets, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing squats or you're doing deadlifts, what can we do between those things? So one of the things we, we went and kind of flipped on his head was that most people like let's say they're starting off with a squat. The first thing they'll identify a squat is the hips have to go below the knees for the squat to occur. And you're teaching a young child, 12 year old, how to squat. And, you know, they, they drop down below, below parallel um, their knees fold in, fold in, their back rounds, their heads cranes up, and then they stand back up. That's one. And so we kind of went, let's, let's, let's flip this. Let's take a different way. The first thing we looked at was what are the safety concerns on this lift? And we want to be aware of those things and how are we going to stop them? Then we want to know what are the points of performance on the lift? And we want to be able to be clearly identify those things for the kids. And the last thing we're going to be working on is range of motion. So what we would do if we're teaching the squat is tell a kid we need your kid feet flat. We're gonna teach you how to brace. We're gonna teach you how to hinge back and sit down. And we're gonna lift the range of motion or, or decrease the range of motion, make it squat above parallel. Mm-hmm. And then over time, when they're perfectly hitting those points of performance, we're gonna slowly lower that that range of motion, giving them to learn to maintain those um, motor pa- motor patterns that we want, the movement skills that we want as they go below parallel and we're, we're cementing the proper pattern all the way through this learning process. So we do that with a squat, teach them to go from above parallel to below parallel, keeping um, perfect movement, errorless learning. We do it with deadlift by starting by lifting the load. We do it really even with a shoulder press by allowing them to, to um, push a little bit in front of their body so that they keep a nice neutral spine as they learn to bring the bar back to where they should have it. All those things happen. And then, but in between those things, as we're teaching them, we can teach them to, uh, or we can have them doing other work. Yeah. So, and there's a really easy way to remember that. It's kind of a roadmap for you guys as coaches in terms of correcting movement. Uh, when it comes to those movement patterns, my dad mentioned, you know, safety points, performance, range of motion, it's safety, efficiency, range of motion. So when you look, when you look at faults, uh, there's three different categories or three reasons that, that those faults can be occurring, right? There's safety, safety faults, uh, three types of safety faults. There's efficiency faults, and then there's range of motion faults. And we should correct them in that order. One way that I've always liked to look at it is like cars driving down a road. So let's say you have a road, one car is driving down the road and he's swerving into the other lane. He veers off the road on the other side to get back in. He's kind of doing this zigzag all the way down the road. That's extremely unsafe. If there's any cars behind him, if there's any cars going the opposite direction, it's unsafe. We want to stop that right away. That would be like our knee valgus or spine moving into flexion or extreme extension during the lift. We want to keep that neutral. We want to keep the femurs rotated. Those are safety concerns. Then you look at efficiency, right? Maybe uh, there's you know, three turns that are unnecessary that this driver made and and he could have just gone straight. That's an efficiency thing, right? He took a, you know, three extra turns instead of just going straight, it added two minutes to the, uh, to the route. 
that's something like the hips rising first, but the, the brace still being strong inside of the squat, uh, maybe turning into more of like a good morning type movement. That's not a safety issue. As long as the brace is still there and the back is still flat, the knees are where they need to be. That's, that has nothing to do with safety. It's safe, but it's inefficient, right? We need to teach them to travel directly into the bar rather than having the hips shoot up. And then you have range of motion issues, right? The, uh, the driver goes 90% of the distance, stops, and then has to walk the last 10%, gets out of the vehicle and walks the last 10%. That would be our, our range of motion. And we're less concerned about that, especially when it comes to kids, because we have so much time to solidify the safety and the efficiency issues, make sure that those are all, all down pat and we fix those first. So that's kind of that roadmap that we follow. But we, we, if you think about it in that manner of a car driving down the road, it's a really easy way to remember it. And that's, that's your guys's roadmap. That's awesome. Let's, yeah. let's talk about how you can keep kids engaged while they're learning to do it correctly. The, yeah. the first thing is tempo the movement. Mm-hmm. First of all, tempoing the movement requires them to stay engaged mentally while they're working on, on learning the pattern. It's a great and, amount of tension. And it increases the time under tension. And I mean, if you've ever done, uh, you know, 12 to 15 to 20 reps um, in a tempo pattern under tension, that's tough. And, and kids um, feel like they've lifted, even when they, even when we may be still, you're still learning. You have, I, I think a lot of these are, are a lot of the things that you can do between them fall into pushing, pulling, and holes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, like some of your, some of your favorites, what are, what are some of your favorites? Yeah. So that tension stuff first, just to, to add to that, that tempo, if you guys, uh, program, you know, four sets of 10, uh, three second descent, you know, explosive up one second at the top, uh, zero seconds at the bottom, that can be done in like a 60 to 65% range. And it is terribly difficult. I'll challenge you guys go ahead and load up what your back squat is. and do four sets of 10 with a true three second descent to the bottom, it is extremely difficult. So we can get a large amount of tension with a light amount of load there. Our athletes still feel like they're, like they're getting a large amount of work done and we're solidifying the patterns with a much lighter weight. And then we can move to those pushes, pulls, things like that. So my favorite for developing strength guys would be uh, front rack marches. So carrying a barbell front rack. And the reason for that is the supportive muscles in the mid back, which carry over tremendously to the squat and the deadlift are under tension the entire time. We're also calling into uh, action the core there. So that's one of my favorites, just a march uh, in a front rack position. They can do it arms crossed. They can do it whatever's more comfortable for them. So those front rack holds and marches. You can do uh, sled drags, sled pushes, any sort of carry. So a back rack yoke carry, a back rack uh, barbell carry, uh, dumbbell farmers carry, trap bar farmers carry, anything where you're increasing the load on the body that's low skill and they're just moving across a distance. Those would be what we're looking for. What What about a paused movement? Obviously, you guys know I'm not I'm not the uh, teen expert. I'm working with the younger set. And sometimes, though, they've got 11 or 12-year-olds still in that class who might not be able to tempo very well yet, who I might opt to pause. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so a couple of things, right? Uh, pausing, really, really uh, great idea for athletes who are you know, skipping forward in a specific portion of the movement and avoiding the, the, the tension in a specific portion. So let's say, for example, I, I work with a lot of athletes that come from a high bar, you know, squat background where they disengage the hamstrings at the bottom. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to pause those athletes on the way up uh, while they're still below parallel. 
So I'll tell them uh, it's a one second pause, an inch below parallel on the ascent. So they disengage. They have to re-engage to stand up. <laughs> and then I'm pausing them where they're re-engaged. And uh, this works with children as well, where you pause them in a specific portion where they're used to just completely gelatin and, and relaxing. Because you'll get the people that one, two, three, and they're in the top three quarters, and then they dive bomb the rest. And so pausing what they do is they disengage the hamstrings, disengage to get below parallel rather than staying yeah. engaged to get below parallel. I think the muscles uh, off. So right. pausing, pausing them there works extremely well. And then pausing them in positions where we notice a breakdown in movement is the other one. So not only those that avoid, you know, the, the, the specific, you know, pause under tension, but those that maybe have a breakdown, we notice, uh, in that last one pausing, quarter of the movement, pausing, pause there, pausing in the, the position to achieve positional consistency exactly. from one to the next. And that's, that's really, really important. That's and great, that great answers. wraps up our U18 on this. We'd love to have you contact us so we can, if you have more, uh, we almost went over. That's it for today's U18. Since we like to end with a gamer challenge, let's hear from a youngster in one of our Brandix programs about one of their favorites. Hey guys, it's Circa from FSM and today we're going to be playing the kettlebell race game. All you're going to need are boxes and kettlebells. We're going to start in teams of two. The first player is going to go down into the plank position and tap each kettlebell once with each hand. They're going to stand up, jump over the boxes, run back and tag their teammate. Calm down! He claps! Can't hack it! It's too much pressure! That's it, easy! Up, 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 go, Tess! Two burpees! Both, both, and yeah, so each hand has to put his But she's good! She's fast, Keen! It's going to fall off again, is it? No. Oh. That was a youth fitness podcast, topics on youth fitness with focus on doing what's best for kids. Brought to you by the Martin family, the developers of the Brand X Method and the Athlete Coach Network. We hope you guys enjoyed that episode and you listen for more.